You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. This is Jules DeVito from Highly Sensitive Humans. This is Katie Jo Holton. We are Michael and Jamie Thornhill at Casa Galactica. This is Tara Jolly. I'm Anna Anderson, and you are listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we'd be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help our show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment just to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathe out the light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. So today we have Carol Benayos. Carol is an archeologist of the mind and body and soul. She's a certified life coach and executive coach, psychic, clairvoyant, entrepreneur, and founder of the Wake the Fuck Up movement and business snapshot. Carol's the number one best-selling author of Wake the Fuck Up, a journey from death to awakening, and co-author of Success is Just a Decision Away, How to Create Anything You Want in Life, and The Genius in You, Extracting the Acres of Diamonds, which is coming out soon. Carol can uncover genius in the inner shit that holds people hostage. She holds space to allow people to be seen and feel safe, heard, understood, validated, and loved. Her purpose in life is to raise human consciousness and help people reach their fullest potential and greatest capabilities while being their true, authentic selves. So thank you so much for being here today with us, Carol. Thank you so much, Stacey and Sam, for having me. Absolutely. This is exciting. I'm really excited to dive in to your work and, um, and learn a little bit more about, about what you're, uh, what you've been, been working on. So tell us a little bit about kind of your spiritual journey and what led you to this point. Well, my spiritual journey has been very tumultuous, but it's been a blessing in disguise. I think 
you know, before I really went into the spiritual journey, I kind of um, had three near-death experiences and it never really woke me up because I already was dead inside. It was only maybe towards when the ending of a toxic relationship is when I actually finally woke the fuck up and realized I was conditioned and conformed to societal norms and that what I choose to pursue in, in life, whether that be, you know, going a to university for seven years, getting two degrees and going to, you know, getting a corporate job for seven years and the government as HR consultant. I thought that was all my dreams that would make me happy, but I became miserable. So once I really woke the fuck up, then I start to kind of determine what it is that I wanted to do in life. And when I made that decision, you know, you think that everything else would uh, unfold nicely, but it was just kind of a series of trauma and events and hardships all the way up until now so you know I when I decided to leave my job and pursue my passions you know I went to real estate and you have to have like some thick skin because a lot of people are not uh, when you kind of operate in a sense others treat you how you treat yourself or how you expect to be treated it doesn't always happen that way and then you know I uh, helped my brother put a business underneath my name and I find myself in jail and a legal battle for six years. And it was just really tumultuous. But what I learned throughout um, all the stuff and actually losing everything is that that moment when I lost everything, I realized I had everything. I wasn't my status, my, my recognition, my job or material things. I was way more than that. And, and you can lose anything in an instant, but you know, what you will not lose or what people can't take away from you is your experience your um, your genius, your fortitude, and your willingness to persevere and do better the next time. And, and I think a really big key um, thing for me, what I realized throughout this whole journey of mine, is that life happens for me and not to me. Because when you think that life happens to you, you're kind of in victim mode, like, why me? Oh my God. You know, but when you know that life happens for you, no matter how tumultuous or painful and trauma, you know that it's kind of... Um, I don't know, really crystallizing you into the being that you are meant to be by being able to dive deep. It's like, what is that trigger? Why am I feeling this way? It's to uncover the beauty of, of who you are, to rediscover and remember who you really are, that divine being who's meant to do amazing things in this world. So yeah, that's kind of how it led me to this, this point right now. And I think another thing too, is like, if you were to ask me like three years ago, you know, you are... Carol, do you want to operate at unconditional love? I'll be like, what the fuck is that? I don't even like, what? that's some kind of crazy thing. But it's almost like when you go throughout the spiritual development journey, you realize that unconditional love is all there is. And love is the only true power. And, and, you know, there's so many dualities that exist in love, in life. Like say people look at, you know, uh, the sliding scale of love and hate, but is it really love and hate or is it the absence of love? So really is that oneness of love. And we have to look at, you know, the duality is not really duality. It's just kind of the absence of love and the absence of light. And yeah. Wow. That's, there's so much to unpack with what you just said. There's just like, <laughs> it's so many beautiful nuggets right there. And, and so I just love yeah how, you know, that process, it sounds like it came, you came out of that victimhood place where I think a lot of people tend to get stuck where they're like, oh, life is happening to me. Why me? Why is this happening? You know, rather than looking at, at the outside perspective or, or the perspective of that every interaction, every experience that we have is for our own spiritual development and how we can use that to ultimately grow and evolve. And it sounds like there was a lot of 
space that you had to work with around just that ego place um, and that coming into that I am presence, letting go of those layers that I think we are all conditioned with. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and what that process was like for you. Well, it was very like interesting because, you know, I kind of use this analogy that I learned from my spiritual teacher where, you know, say if we were to kind of look at us ourselves all as kind of pine trees, you know, mm. and then during Christmas time, we have all these decorations. We have, you know, the lights, the popcorns, the ornaments and all these other things. And once those things, layers keep on uh, and decorations keep on packing on, we kind of identify as those kind of ornaments or those lights. When in fact that, you know, once you kind of awaken and deal with all your trauma, you realize you're not identifying, you're not your role, you're not your, your, your status, you're not any of that. You're a spiritual being having this human experience. And, and I think the thing is, it's like when you realize that you are not your material things, it's a really, <laughs> I, I would say that's the biggest awakening because I think in, the, in this world right now, we're really really, really kind of basing people's worth based on what they have, their car, their money, all the material possessions. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at externally focused, confident stuff, what happens when you lose that? And so when a lot of times when celebrities and stuff like that lose that stuff, they don't know who they are anymore. So they may commit suicide, they may go through addiction and all this other stuff. So the, the turning point for me is when um, I lost everything. So when I went into jail, you know, and then I got out and I still had my real estate position, but everything hit the fan. You know what I mean? I, my, um, my clients went MIA, the Marcus broker I was working with was stealing my clients. And, you know, I eventually had to leave that job. But when I, like I said, when I, I had that turning point, I realized I had everything. I wasn't that thing. And then I just kind of went towards, um, the development of my, my spiritual journey to kind of dive more deep into, why was it that I kind of associated with those kind of external things? And I was more focused on developing my internal strength because at the end of the day, I realized that's all that matters. It can be a, so much tumultuous outside all this external chaos. And I have no control over those external factors. The only thing I have control over is how I, I feel internally and how I think and perceive a certain thing. So I, it was really the shift of knowing that I'm the one in control but knowing that I should, I don't need to control any external factors that I, it's impossible because you can influence, but I, you never want to impose your, um, your beliefs on someone. If that's not, not something that they believe or they're not ready for. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, you make a good point about just that, that trauma and that level of, you know, we, we've all been conditioned, I think, to look outside of ourselves externally, right. For the answers, whether or not it's through our medical profession or, you know, our parents or, you know, and, and very seldomly are we looking within. And so you talk a little bit about the archaeologists of the mind, body, and soul. And I'm wondering if you can, if you can share a little bit about what that is and, and how that, how you dive deep into the, the realms to, to do some of that deeper work. Yeah. So essentially like how I like to describe it is that I, I see people, but I see through them. And I think since I was able to deal with a lot of my trauma, my past traumas and all these things in my, my system, then I became an empty vessel for source to kind of work through me. And when I was able to do that and, I, and sit in the presence of someone else, I can really fully be there and then kind of see and interpret things that they may not even know themselves. 
So, you know, when I look at someone and I'm saying if I'm doing a personal one-on-one reading, then the spirit already shows me like what um, they've been through, when the trauma happened, the specific age. And also they show me, um, you know, what that person should be focusing on, you know, so I'm able to uncover their, their inner shit and also, you know, their genius of, you know, the point of focus. And, and usually typically when sometimes people are really baffled and I'm baffled myself because it's usually, you know, a hundred percent accurate. So I'm like, whoa, what the hell is going on? And, something, <laughs> and the thing is what I learned um, uh, the most, which I did in the beginning when I realized I had these gifts was never to doubt what was coming to me mm-hmm. and always just kind of um, no matter how crazy it is, what was coming to me is to be able to kind of uh, verbalize it because I'm you know, I'm a re- like things come through me and uh, through me and I need to deliver that message because that's the only reason why I'm receiving it. So I can't harbor it for myself and I meant to be able to share it with other people. Mm. That's beautiful. And so it sounds like when, as you're using um, those skills, you're really helping others to, to see within themselves some of the, maybe the traumas on deeper healing. So are there certain things that you offer people once you do identify those things? Yes. Uh, I do offer uh, certain um, exercises and stuff that they need to do to facilitate that growth, you know, and I, and I think it's really unfortunate that uh, what I've experienced, because a lot of people, especially since we're living in this fast paced, you know, a pill for every ill society, people want quick fixes, and they're not willing to do the work to sustain what it is that has been uncovered. So it's almost like, okay, so Carol told me this and she uncovered all this stuff. So let me go to another healer, another medium to confirm what it is she already told me when in fact the, the work and process that I already told them, they would have gone so much further had they kind of stuck the course. But some people, you know, they really want those quick fixes. And then unfortunately it doesn't happen that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's always a way to kind of uh, evolve and develop that personal self. So, but like I said, some people don't want to do the work. Yeah. And I think that's very common too. It's, you know, we do live in that, you know, not only are we looking externally, we're looking, you know, where's the pill, where's the, Mm -hmm. this quick fix, um, rather than the deeper personal inner journey that we, we all must go through to, to really overcome some of those deeper traumas and belief systems and, and all the, the emotions that are buried deep within and learn to tap into that inner wisdom. And so in your experience, like why, why do most people suffer? Like what, what's the common theme or what do you, what would you say about that? I I believe the reason why a lot of people suffer is because they're stuck in the past, you know, they're keep on making uh, a reference to their past. Like that's who they, they are and that's who they always will be. And also I I believe uh, another reason why people suffer is because they want their external environment to match how they feel inside, or this person needs to be this way, that person needs to be that way, this should have turned out that way, I should have got that job. So they have all these expectations around a certain thing. And, but then with expectations comes suffering because you've kind of put the, a power in someone else's hands or a power in a situation. And if it doesn't turn out the way that you want, then you suffer. And then also, um, I think another reason why people suffer is because when they go through a traumatic and painful experience, we know that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So it, it's always a choice of where you want to stay. Let's either look at that, like that experience or the traumatic event, like I said, happening for you or happening to you. And I think a lot of people just suffer because they, they want things to be the way they are. 
but they're not willing to do the work. You know, in order to change, you have to change yourself and put into action um, in the direction of the course of who you want to be. And so like, what would be some, like a piece of advice you would give someone who's, who's kind of, you know, they're, they want to make these changes, but there's, you know, they haven't quite made those shifts to recognize that they actually do have the power to do so in their lives. I I think a, a really big thing for people who are really wanting to change is to be able to have empty space in your calendar to self-reflect, you know, because a lot of the times we, (laughs) a lot of people want to be busy, being busy, you know, I mean, watching, (laughs) binging Netflix, like, hey, don't get me wrong, I do do that sometimes (laughs) too, but not like, you know, to uh, numb my feelings or, you know, just always getting distracted. So if you're able to, if people are able to kind of have some empty space and meditate and have some self-reflection and being able to be aware of where the thought process is, because I truly believe that you cannot change what you're not aware of. So when they say, for instance, and you know, a simple exercise is, so if you're always having this negative feeling coming up, you know, every time you're like, oh, you know, I feel in my gut, why am I feeling this negative thing? Like I'm not enough, I'm stupid, I'm all this other things. So in that moment, what I've done in the past is like, when I get that like kind of feeling about any situation, I kind of pause. And I always remember this amazing quote that I love so much is by Albert Einstein. He says that the mind cannot solve the same problem with the mind that created Mm. it. So whenever I get that uh, in my stomach, I do a breathing exercise. So I breathe in for 10 seconds. I hold for 10 and I release for 10. I do that uh, 10 times. And then I go through a process of investigation. Like, why am I feeling this? Where has it started from? Is it because of a certain experience? Is it because of how that person talked to me? And what action do I need to take to resolve it? And so when I uh, I ask myself quality questions and know where I need to take it next, so I take that action and then I can just release it. Because the thing is, whenever anybody has that negative emotion, they kind of sweep it under the carpet. It's like, ah, you know what? I just got to think positive because the industry tells me to think positive (laughs) all the time. But thinking positive like all the time and, you know, the way the industry tells you is dangerous because Mm -hmm. you are neglecting those aspects of yourself that you need to work on and have that inner transformation. So that is an amazing exercise that I kind of done myself for like many years now. I just need to take a breath and (laughs) everything kind of, um, you know, changes after that. But it's like I said, it wasn't overnight. It was a continuous process I had to do. That was a very interesting thing that you said, that Albert Einstein quote. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard that once before, and that kind of leads me to, to think, you know, we all have one brain, but we have multiple minds. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the, the conscious mind, we have the ego mind, you know, and you know, you're totally right. I mean, you know, when, when you're in the thick of it, you know, the mind that brought you there cannot be the same mind that gets you out, you know? And, um, another thing that you said, you know, way back at the, at the beginning of the, of the interviews at, at one point you felt dead inside. You know, and I think a lot of us can can relate to that to that dead feeling. I know I can relate to that dead feeling inside, you know, where, you know, you just you re- literally don't feel anything. You don't feel joy. You don't feel pain. And then, you know, at some point, some of us get out of it and then we, we do it. We do immediately go to that positive, you know, and we cling on to that positive for dear life because we know how bad the negative can be, you know, mm-hmm. but instead of working with the negative, like you're like you're saying. And, and, and just clinging on to the positive, that negative, it's, it's still there, you know, it doesn't go away. It's just not poof. And then, and then it's gone, you know, it, it stays there and it kind of waits, you know, and it waits and it waits for, 
for just one little, you know, opening to, to kind of go in and, you know, and there you go, you got, you know, everything screwed up, self-sabotage, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But uh, another thing that you're mentioning too, is how, you know, how people are starting to, you know, to wake up, to wake the fuck up, how, you know, the, uh, the, the collective, you know, the, the people, and like you said before, and I know it was true for me, you know, when I first heard the term unconditional love, like, well, what the hell does that mean? exactly you know? <laughs> like well why I don't even I don't I I couldn't even like comprehend the the word unconditional you know because what uh I was brought up with with conditional love you know if you do this right I'll, I'll I'll love you or I'll reward you or something like that if you don't do it right then you know I'll scold you I'll discipline you or or whatever um and it did take me a while too to you know understand and embrace that unconditional love part but uh, to go back to, you know, people waking up, um, I was wondering if you could kind of explain, you know, what wake the fuck up movement is, you know, what is that movement that you're referring to that book that you're referring to? And why is it, you know, so important right now, more than ever for people to actually wake the fuck up? Yeah, you know, like when I initially wrote that that book, it was really to kind of um, share my experiences and kind of to really illustrate that no matter how tumultuous your life is, that you can still pursue your goals. And when I wrote that book, I, I felt that wasn't really enough. So that's why I created uh, the Wake the Fuck Up movement where I was having, you know, in-person sessions where I'd kind of do meditation and talk about controversial topics. And and all to kind of just may, uh, wake people the fuck up to awaken to their own amazingness. You know what I mean? To be conscious of things uh, that are in their life so they can then pursue their life through the dreams. Because like I said earlier, you cannot change what you're not aware of. And I think a lot of times if you are, if I'm able to kind of provide a safe place where people can be seen, heard, understood, and not judged, then they'll be, be able to kind of divulge things that they've never told anyone else. And I think being able to kind of experience that and let people kind of unfold and be so vulnerable and cry and share those kind of things about the being raped or, you know, self-worth and just gaining all this weight, all these different dynamics that they were finally heard. And when people have an, uh, an ability to be seen and heard, they kind of gain the confidence to be like, whoa, you know what I mean? Someone actually cares about me and my well-being and the beliefs in me. Now I feel I can go, you know, um, pursue this or that. And I think the reason why it's so important for a lot of people to wake up is that we really need to kind of get the sense of morality back in this world. And I think a lot of times, you know, you know, even with business and stuff like that, people lack character, they lack the morality. And it's like, they focus on, yeah, I'm a spiritual being and I have positive mindset. That's great. But how are you, what values are guiding your life? So the next thing you know, it's like, I have another opportunity, you know, I'm just going to like, leave this person behind, you know what I mean? How are you, how are you going to treat other people when you're moving up or when you're moving down the ladder? So really this wake the fuck movement is really to bring this awareness and bring people conscious so we can really elevate the whole vibration of this planet. Because I really believe in like the butterfly effect. And I really believe in the hundred monkey experiment. I think you guys may have heard that before. And I also believe in reaching a critical mass. And I think the more and more that we uncover ourselves and become the best version of ourselves, I think, you know, just by the people being in our vicinity, we can actually raise them up without them even knowing. Because when I see, you know, visions of like, you know, pursuing my passion or helping humanity, I don't really see the physical beings. I see like the, this translucent um, um, 
shape of, of their soul or their being and they're coming all attractive. So I think when people can be the best version of themselves and deal with their trauma so they're not puking all over other people, you know, then I think we can be kinder and nicer and be more compassionate and loving to others you know, and really be present. Because when we're all two in ourselves and focusing on our ego and all this other stuff, we can't really help other people because it's like, am I helping you and doing this because I, I want something? Or am I am I really helping you for you know, the mere fact that I, I, I kind of love you? You know what I mean? And I, and I want to see you do better. So I think we need, really need to do that, uh, learn those distinctions. And I, that's why I think waking the fuck up is so important. Mm. I love that. And so I'm wondering, you kind of alluded to as we are, as we as individuals are waking up, how, how do you think that does change the collective? I, I believe that changed the collective because I, you know, you know, when you're talking, Sam, earlier about all these different minds, the ego mind, the subconscious mind, the regular mind, I believe it's all one mind and the hermetic, um, you know, philosophies, it's always this one mind. So I believe when each of us start to awaken and, you know, we're know that we're this divine beings, then we really affect, you know, our environment and the people around us. So I believe the more we become those divine beings, the more we can positively affect those around us. And I think that will help raise the com- consciousness and vibration of this world. Because mm. I, I think, you know, people think that there needs to be this big grand jester or this, you know, this big, uh, you know, kaboom or supernova. But I I believe it's it's the small act of kindness that means the most, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's those acts of kindness, like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, look, I bought this homeless guy, uh, you know, meal and gave him money. And, and, you know, they videotape it. But I think real humanity is not even wanting to even show that you did that. You know what I mean? Just to be able to kind of give without receiving, you know, even a, a smile opening the door, uh, those kind of small acts of kindness to, to make, um, make it known that someone exists. And I have a, a really amazing story. I remember I was in this uh, training and one of the teachers said that he was walking down downtown uh, in, in Winnipeg. And then he looked up and smiled at this individual and that individual was so um, like struck in and really emotional. And he said, it's, it's you know, I was going to commit suicide today, but since I, you acknowledged me like I existed, I, I think I matter, mm-hmm. you know? So I think we, we really need to review how small acts of kindness can really turn someone's life around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I think one of the things that our, you know, world is lacking is, you know, seeing and hearing each other. Mm-hmm. And so when we really truly step in and look and, and, you know, into someone's eyes and, and, you know, hear what they're saying. And, and we don't have to know the right words or we don't have to, you know, say the right things or um, we just have a sense of presence and, you know, hearing what they're saying and just validating what they're saying. You know, I hear you, I see you. It's, you know, I, you know, I can empathize. And so I think when we can show up for people like that, it, it can really shift a lot of, lot of things. Cause I've, I've heard stories like that too, where, you know, someone was going home, you know, wanting to die. And, and all of a sudden they had this experience with this person and, and they felt like it wasn't that they got, um, the, the, their plan, you know, was missed 
they, they took a misstep or they, um, I'm trying to say they're, they, yeah, they decided that, yeah, I matter, you know, and, and so they felt seen. So I think if we can show up and do that, we can really start to shift humanity and it doesn't have to take a lot. Yeah. It's just a small acts of kindness. It, it's, uh, it accumulates and it's, um, it's just like the, like I was talking about earlier, the butterfly effect of the flapping of the wing of the butterfly on one side of the world can cause a hurricane on another side of the world. So I think it's, you know, it's always reminiscent. And I always think about that, those small act of kindness that uh, mean the most. Mm-hmm. And it's a ripple effect because once, you know, you show the act of kindness, that person's going to want to also show an act of kindness. And so it just continues to manifest into just changing how we view each other in a place of love rather than fear. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So I love like, it's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about changing our, uh, the insides, you know, not going through that positive thoughts. Cause I think we get, we've been conditioned to, to, you know, think positively, but really taking that time to feel feel the energy, feel the emotion, the layers of the trauma, the layers of whatever is coming up. And so that to me is also a big part of our, our healing, right. Is just going within. And so what, like, how would someone in your opinion, like, how would someone start that process? Like what would be like some tools or things that they could do to, to really shift from you know, looking external to going within and beginning that healing journey and, and working through some of those deeper traumas. I, I, again, I, I think it goes back to, you know, what, what has helped me a lot is being able to um, have a morning routine Mm. where like you wake up and you meditate and you also practice, you know, an attitude of gratitude, like writing in a journal but also, like I said, like it's awareness, I always go back to awareness because you can't change what you're not aware of. So for instance, say for what somebody is thinking, it's always in a negative mind frame about anything and anyone. So I would suggest that someone kind of for seven days straight, you know, and um, radically honest, write down everything in your mind. You know what I mean? What you're thinking about, like you thought about this person, that driver, you gave him a finger, you said, fuck off, you know, everything for, for seven days. And then when you're able to kind of look at that and be like, whoa, this is the majority of what my mind is focused on every day. No wonder why I feel like shit. No wonder why no one wants to hang around with me. Now, what are the steps that I can do to kind of shift that? So if I'm focusing, you know, 99% of myself on the negative things, what can I do to start, you know, shifting that, you know, are there's aspects inside of me that I need to work on? You know, maybe I have low self-worth. Okay. I have low self-worth because Uh, my parents and my mother told me I wasn't good enough. So let me kind of work through that trauma and let me kind of be able to build a a habitual belief that I'm good enough. Okay. So now that I want to feel that I'm good enough, let me kind of reinforce that with everything in my, um, you know, environment. So I'll put affirmations up in my wall. Like I love myself. I'm beautiful. I'm enough. But then also, you know, take, uh, start to read certain books that will help even solidify the even more. And if you even want to operate on a higher level, then you get like a mentor or a coach to help you through that journey. Because a lot of times, you know, with entrepreneurship and even this personal development journey, people think they need to go out at it alone. But if you can get a helping hand to get you from that point A to B faster, then you can do that. But I think the most important thing with anything and everything is to be aware 
of how you're truly functioning and then be also be have the willingness to want to change because it's mm-hmm. one thing to kind of know that something's wrong but you also have to have the desire and dedication and mm-hmm. and perseverance to want to make that change permanent and and that can happen through habitual patterns that you implement in your daily routine mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's, um, yeah, you brought up some good points of just that awareness, right? It takes that awareness to really dive deep and and that desire, the decision. So everything starts with a decision to say, hey, this is, I'm deciding. Um, I cut off all options. As uh, Tony Robbins would say, um, you know, you you decide you, you, and you move forward. And when you decide something, there's also this energy that lifts up right because then there's not this ambiguous energy anymore it's not this wishy-washy it's like i'm doing this mm-hmm. and so and that yeah. sounds very freeing and empowering yeah yeah and another thing that i do want to mention and i think a lot of times where why people are afraid to kind of look within is they're scared to see what they're going to find mm-hmm. you know they're gonna they're scared to uncover the thought process that they're so embarrassed that they're even thinking of like you know why is that person winning i should be winning that person sucks or why is he with her like i'm prettier or why is he with she you know, you know what i mean all these different things people are so scared to look within but I think the biggest thing that people need to realize you are not your thoughts. You know mm. what I mean? You are not your, your thoughts. You're not your body. You're not any of those things. You're not your feelings, and your emotions. A lot of it is from the collective unconscious. So you're able to kind of shift that when you know you can deal with the source and start kind of implementing the habits to kind of uh, reinforce the person that you want to be. Definitely. And um, one thing uh, that, you know, kind of sparked my mind too is uh I think a lot of us, when we have those negative thoughts, we think we're the only ones that have them, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm the worst person in the world because, you know, like you said, like, I think, you know, that person's a douchebag or something like yeah. that, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to go down the spiritual path and here I am thinking that, you know, this guy's an ass and, and mm-hmm. that must mean that I'm not as far on the spiritual path as I thought I'd be. And then your mind just starts to go, well, maybe this isn't for me and da, 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 da. And that's something that I, I have had, uh, I've had to, to kind of learn over and over and over again in my life that, you know, I'm not the only one thinking these thoughts, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. the only one with negative thoughts. I'm not the only one with criticizing thoughts, whether it be against me or, or, or with somebody else, you know, that we, we are, we're all in the same boat. We, it's, it's a collective, it's called a collective for a reason because we all share the same things you know we all share the same like consciousness we all have these negative thoughts about ourselves we all have these negative thoughts about other people um but to you know kind of turn down the volume on the ego mind telling you you're the only one to have these thoughts or you're a piece of shit is it's 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 tough it's 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 not easy you know and it does take that practice like you were saying it does take you know those affirmations it does take the okay let's take a step back let's switch my mind and you know okay am i really a piece of crap for thinking this no <laughs> no you're not you're human you know you you have a human condition just like the rest of us and to me anyway i think that that that's a huge step you know is is acknowledging that these thoughts like you said these thoughts are not me and i'm not evil for having these thoughts you know, um, but a, a question I had for you and, you know, the, the, the routine you were talking about, all that, it's, it's, it's really, you know, really awesome stuff. But if, you know, somebody was listening, just stumbled on this podcast episode 
and they had no idea about conditional love. They think, you know, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? Kind of like we, like we thought. And, you know, the positive affirmations, journaling, like, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't even have time. I don't want to do any of that crap, whatever. Or they're just too, like you said, too afraid. What would be a good, like, number one step for somebody that's just completely fresh and new on this, but has a desire of, you know what, I've been feeling like crap my entire life. I don't want to feel like crap anymore. Where, where do you think somebody like that that's just completely new, where would be a good place for them to start? Well, I would first say that anyone going uh, and attempting this journey, they should have, you know, I always kind of say at the end of all my talks, have love, kindness, and compassion towards others. But that love, kindness, and compassion should be kind of reverted to the self as well. And knowing that this journey is not going to be easy because the journey of a thousand miles begins by taking the first step. So anyone kind of listening and wanting to start first off, I, I say just kind of even having the desire to want to do it is a, a big feat and knowing that you know that something's wrong you already won 50 percent of the the game right and then so just taking small little actions and letting them accumulate you know and compound so say for instance you know i'm not really big into um journaling or gratitude and all this other stuff well how about i just start like five minutes of silence or five minutes of uh meditation every day so let me start off with that like you know, five minutes of meditation three times a week. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I did this for a week. I think I can increase it. So do 10 minutes and then go to 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, I think I got this. So now I think I'm ready to kind of do the next step. I think I'm ready to kind of start journaling because I know that in my mind, if like whatever I think about, I bring about. So how about I focus on things that I'm grateful for? Okay, I'm going to write down three to five things I'm grateful for so that my mind can shift and I can find things that I'm more grateful for. I'm like, okay, I think I even want to improve it more. I think there's certain things in my mindset are not aligned with what I want. So let me kind of check out this book, you know, by Carol Duick with uh, about mindset, or let me kind of think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And let me start to kind of bringing all of these resources to start to, you know, support the direction that I want to go. And I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed because there's so many things and people tell you to do so much things, but just start with one. And I think that with anything, the most important thing is consistency. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go to yoga one hour this one week. No, I think it would be better to do like five, 10 minutes of yoga daily. So you can start to build that emotional muscle to build that habit. So when you have that habit, it's really harder to kind of um, tear that down versus of like, okay, if I did it one week or one hour this one week, then I'm like, okay, fuck it. I don't ever have to do it again. I just did it. <laughs> You know, and I, I think that's the, the biggest thing that people really need to realize is to be consistent. I agree. I think consistency is is key. You know, I mean, we we can't expect to, you know, get in shape by, you know, working out one day a week or one day a month. And, you know, it does. It's better to, to you know, do that on a daily basis, whether or not it's for like, yeah, that five or 10 minutes, you know, maybe going for a walk, starting with a walk or, you know, meditation, you know. And so I think that, um, yeah, definitely consistency is key. And so, and, and, and also too, I think, you know, you, cause you brought up a few different books and, and things. And, and so, you know, I think it's important too, that people pick up what resonates with them. So if something doesn't resonate, then that might not be for them. But if, if there's a book or a, something that they're feeling drawn to, And I I know like for me, like when I was first starting out on my journey, this was probably 20 years ago and I just felt a little lost and I just set the intention. I was like, what 
you know, show me what I'm supposed to be doing. Show me a something, um, a book or something that I, I can be focusing on. And all of a sudden, like I got, I was pulled into uh, Deepak Chopra. That was the first mm. like step into my spiritual journey. Um, just learning, you know, I think I read um, Perfect Health, maybe. I think that was maybe one of my first books or spiritual tools for something. Um, <laughs> it's been a while, but um, but I remember just, diving deep into that and that just resonated and then but that like led me to the next thing and to the next thing and I didn't have to see where I was going to be in 20 years it was just about like in that moment you know in those in that time frame I was like I just kept you know finding what resonated and what I was being led to and just trusting that process so it doesn't have to be overwhelming we don't have to think oh I have to be over here, you know, because when we think about the, the big scope of things, it can be overwhelming. That thousand miles can be, you know, overwhelming, but it's just about that, that first step, taking, taking that first step in the journey. But I also want to mention, is there, if there's something that you're resisting, that's something you should also, there's a certain mm. book, you're like, oh my God, I, you know, this book is a piece of shit. You know, sometimes when the thing that you're resisting is what you need to to learn the most so because mm-hmm. it's like you know sometimes your 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 being knows it's like you know uh that aspects of the the lower and higher self so mm-hmm. the the higher self wants to grow and evolve and be this amazing being spiritual being but the the lower self wants you to stay and remain the same so it's almost like ah, oh, you know i don't want to look at that book but it's like you know you have to and then it's almost like oh my god there's just so much unflowering and folding in this and i knew that i was ready uh, at that time to kind of really receive this message. So mm-hmm. I think when anybody gets that inkling on it, you should check it out. <laughs> That's a really good point too, because sometimes yeah. we don't always know what we need, but you know, sometimes we get what we want or get what we need, not necessarily what we want in our path. And so to follow that space of like, okay, well, this is coming into my awareness. I maybe should check it out and be open to it. And so speaking of like kind of going into that space, you talk a bit about like in your bio, you know, how to help people reach their fullest potential and really become, you know, into their true authentic selves. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Like what, what does that look like for someone to be in their full potential? Yeah. So I'll just kind of like give you a definition of how I kind of define myself. So I, I kind of define myself as like, a multifaceted expression exhibitionist who expresses all aspects of her being. So whether that be you know, mentally, physically, sexually, emotionally, like spiritually, like, you know, a leader, a mentor, a coach, you know, being the light, being the darkness, you know, shy and like timid and scared and fearful, all those different aspects, mm. you know, because I think a lot of the times people think they need to be pigeonholed in one box, you know, I'm just like a mom, I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm an accountant, I'm a doctor, and that's it. But I think we need to first know that we're multifaceted beings. And another thing that I, I, kind of come to the realization is that I cannot give people what I do not have. So if I'm a, a, acting in this authentic and realist self, how can I teach other people to do the same? So and I think when I'm in that, that the capacity to really be present for another being and I'm operating as my true authentic self, then that gives them the permission to kind of unfold and discover who they are and then help me kind of, um, let, you know, when they're open and trusting, then I can help draw that out of them. So when I have a, you know, when they don't have any belief in themselves, they borrow my belief in them and they can feel it. And so that mm. allows them to kind of unfold to their fullest and greatest potential, even at the time that they don't believe it. 
So I, even through the process of like of coaching something, of coaching somebody through, you know, a year or a couple of years, they don't really get it at that moment, but through that consistent and persistent kind of love and affection and seeing the best in them, then they kind of gravitate toward that and be able to kind of look in the mirror. Like, you know what, actually I'm pretty amazing. It's just the, these self-limiting beliefs that held me back and not being able to kind of really look at my past traumas, which were really kind of helping me captive and prisoner in the past. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, cause we really, you know, we can't give what we don't have. And mm. so we have to be able to do some of that deeper work and, and I love what you said just about, you know, sometimes if you're working with someone and they don't have the belief in themselves, but sometimes it, it just does take that energy of someone else believing in them to give them that motivation, to give them that energy. It's really that energy, that exchange of like, oh yeah, like maybe I do have this within me. Maybe, you know, they believe in me. So maybe I can start to you know, maybe that seed, that energetic seed has been planted so that they can move into their own authentic self. Mm -hmm. But I, then I also, in the, in the course of that, I kind of realized, you know, what my mentor taught me that uh, the difference between, uh, between being responsible to and responsible for. Mm -hmm. So like, for, I just realized, cause you know, you know, sometimes you kind of take a personal, if they're not succeeding or they're not doing what you're you're uh, telling them to do and they keep on falling back and downward spiraling. And so when I realized that responsible to and responsible for is that I can, you know, be there to give them the best support and advice and guidance and love, but it's not my responsibility what they tend to do with that. I can't force anything on anyone. So they're going to have to want it for themselves. So when I'm able to kind of have that distinction and awareness that I'm not so like, oh, you know, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they take my advice? Because they have free will. <laughs> they can choose whatever they, they need to do. And it's almost like until they get to that point where like, okay, uh, you know, whatever she keeps on telling me keeps on happening. Okay. Now I'm, I'm kind of finally ready to do the work and change, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty hilarious how that happens. Absolutely. I think, you know, you make a really good point. Actually, someone was asking me that yesterday, actually, because I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist by trade. And so they're like, how do you do it? How do you sit, you know, sit and listen to people's problems all day long? And I'm like, well, it's not mine to take on. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, we have to recognize that everyone has a path, you know, and there, and I, if I take on someone else's path or their problems, I'm taking away their empowerment. I'm not trusting that they have it within them. They have to get to that for themselves. And so I'm just, I'm here as a co-facilitator. I'm here to just help, you know, maybe walk the path, listen here. You know, I have some tools, you know, things that I, I, I work with people on, but, but ultimately every person's path is their own and that's their spiritual journey, not mine. Um, so it's never a personal, personal thing. So yeah, it's challenging at times, but again, that's something, you know, you have to experience and uh, go through to know that what that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we have to trust each other that we're all doing the right thing for our own self rather than taking anything personal because nothing's personal in life. Yeah. And I think it's just the, the intention is on kind of the purity and love and wanting, you know, someone to be the best version of themselves then I think, um, you know, that's a great space to be in, you know, but not wanting to do it for something else, but really just kind of being present and the, the intentions are pure. Mm -hmm. 
and seeing as relationships are really a mirror to our own self. And so asking, you know, what is this experience or what is this person, what are they showing up for in my life for? What, what are, if they're, you know, triggering something within you, what is really, what is the message? What is the deeper thing that needs to be looked at and healed? Because it's never about that outside person. It's about our own inner journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you ever notice like clients coming into your office and reflecting back to you things that you're still working through or like, how does that manifest yeah, for you? Like, actually, when I've had some, some readings, it's, it's been pretty interesting is that when uh, people have come to me for readings, it's kind of um, people who have been in the point in my life where I was in the past. So it was so interesting because since I worked through it and kind of was able to evolve, you know, in my being that I was able to provide them with, with the, the kind of steps to kind of move forward. But also too, you know, sometimes, you know, there's people that you meet that would fully drain you. And, you know, when you're kind of like an empath as well, sometimes people can see people as kind of triggers, like, oh, they're triggering something. But then also it's like that knowing of like who you should surround yourself with. If the vibe is not right, you know, you, you shouldn't be like hanging around with those people. It's not that they're triggering some, something in you. You just know that those people are not a good match for you, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to know those distinctions. And yeah, so when I've been working with people, that's what I, I've usually seen as people who were back where I was. <laughs> mm. That is a good point too, of like just learning also to trust your own intuition around, okay, maybe it's not a trigger. Maybe it's just, I'm not on the same level or same vibration as this person anymore. And, and that's okay. But, but we can also, as we're moving, doing our own healing work, you know, those people might come into our awareness that have gone through what we've already gone through. And that's how we can, you know, fully help support them because we can empathize even more so and on a deeper level. Yes. So how, um, I'm wondering if you have a process that you do that you can share with our listeners. And in regards to what aspect? Well, you mentioned something about um, maybe something, a process about trauma work or something that, you know, someone is having you know, some, a trigger or a piece of trauma or something, you know, occurring in their life that, um, maybe to shift some of that energy. Um, is there a process that you, you go to? Yeah, it is kind of similar to, um, the process that I explained when someone is getting that, you know, that contraction or that just same negative experience that's always occurring. Like, why is that happening? So I, I talked about like the, you know, the breathing in. So 10, uh, breathing in 10 times, holding it for 10 and releasing it. But then there's also an aspect of kind of just sitting in silence and just kind of doing like a, a body scan technique. So you're sitting down there in, in lowest possession and you're just connecting with source is like, you know, I'm getting this internal contraction, you know, you know, source, please uh, show me and uncover to me where, uh, what is the, the core root of that? Where, where had that happened? And please show me the the situation, how old I was, what was the trauma. And I mean, if you're really connected, then source will unfold and show you pictures of that particular trauma. And then you can ask questions like, how can I uh, be able to start to resolve this? You know, and then you're going to be, because the thing is, it's never about the answers. It's about asking quality questions. 
So if you're kind of sitting there, it's like, oh, why I'm so fucked up? Like, you know, why, why do we keep on getting to the same shit? Then you're going to get the same as those same shitty answers. But if you sit down, it's like, okay, I'm sincerely with my whole being. I want to finally transcend this thing that keeps on occurring in my life. What is it that, um, I need to see about myself that I need to work on, you know? And then if you're really sincere in that desire, then things are going to fold. It's like, well, you know what I mean? You kind of really lack self-worth and it's because you, and it's because you lack self-worth. That's why you people please. You want that attention from everyone. But the problem with that is, is that everybody else likes you, but you don't like yourself. So how can you start honoring yourself and knowing that who you are matters? So again, it starts with, you know, that process of like, you know, that the simple steps, you know, doing those five minutes, like three times a week and increasing that because initially, you know, several, you know, uh, 11, 12 years ago, that's where I started. I, I didn't know what the hell meditation was. I didn't even know what to do. And I started five minutes, three times a week where I increased it gradually. And then, you know, doing half an hour, two hours every now and then, and just listening to my, what my body needs. But essentially, at the end of the day, when anybody's working through things, they have to give themselves that time and that empty space to really sit down and kind of uncover. Because I think the, the thing is, if you can't spend five minutes with yourself alone, that's really a big indicator that you really don't like yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something's wrong. Because who doesn't want to have that quality time to kind of really get to know themselves, which is the most important being, because once you know thyself, then you know, you know, what direction you want to go in life, what your purpose, what your passion is, who you want to be aligned with. If you don't know that aspect of yourself, then you're going to be puppeteered with by this external hand about like what you think, do and act and how you should show up on this world. So I think it's really important that people spend the time to get to know themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that is very important because yeah, and, and to quiet that mind chatter, because I think sometimes, you know, when people start to spend time with themselves, they're, they're, like you said earlier, you know, afraid to kind of uncover what's underneath that and their mind is racing. You know, I, I work with a lot of people that too, they, they start to go to sleep at night and because they've ignored all of that, all those thoughts and feelings that come up during the day, Oh, the, the moment they get quiet at night is when their mind starts to race and they notice all those feelings because now they're, they're, you know, finally in a quiet place. So I think it's important, yeah, to have that quiet time, intentional quiet time to, you know, work through some of those thoughts, the racing mind and, and do some of that self-reflection and start to get comfortable with who you are and, and what it is that you're, you know, maybe need to look at and heal and it doesn't all have to be done at once. Right. It's those baby steps, mm -hmm. you know, that awareness that, you know, taking that time to, to meditate. Yeah. And just like that's, I can't even explain how important self-reflection is because yeah, you can meditate do something in the morning, but even in the evening before you go to bed, you know, it's like, just kind of evaluate your day. Just be like, you know, this is, the person that I want to be and was I in alignment or what do I need to improve or, you know, uh, you know, or maybe what are certain actions that I need to refrain from? And mm -hmm. it, uh, like I said, it always goes back to this awareness. You cannot change what you're not aware of. And I think that's the key in every different aspects in your life. Mm -hmm. That is very important. Yeah. You, awareness is key to make those changes. Absolutely. Carol, tell us, tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. 
Okay. So they can find me in all social media channels at uh, Carol Benias. And um, one thing that I'm really focused on working right now, they can check out carolbenias.club is uh, self-mastery, you know, mm-hmm. creating a roadmap to self-mastery. Because mm-hmm. what I found with like working with entrepreneurs, coaching and mentoring them, and even doing these one-on-one readings is that, again, like what I said, everyone wants a pill for every ill. And I think when people are able to self-master themselves by studying themselves, knowing what ticks them, what in, like, you know, inspires them, what they like and dislike, then they will be a, a better, you know, empowered being to kind of live the life that they want. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when I look at the, the journey that I went through with all this tumultuous, um, painful and traumatic events, I look at this whole past 11, 12 years as an aspect of how I self-mastered myself. And so I want to be able to kind of share those same tools, uh, strategies, and experiences that I went through so that can help them kind of be the empowered person in their life to kind of achieve whatever they want. Because it starts with the self first. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of people focus on, like I said, those external aspects, but it's this, this internal world that we need to master, which is ourself. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yes, absolutely. And we will add all your links to our show notes so people can easily access and find you. So thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your experience with us and having this beautiful conscious conversation. And so thank you for tuning in and listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be The Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.